yeet. Uh, What's that supposed to mean? Is he going to yeet the spaghetti? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't use it in the appropriate context. He he just uses it as like a verb. Just like, you know, instead of being like, great, he'd be like, yeet. I thought you were going to say he uses it as a slur. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. You fucking yeet. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't like it. What do you mean? (laughs) In what way would it slur? Are you warm enough? Yeah. Oh, my hands are eternally cold, but that's my problem to deal with. I'm going to take off oh. all these things that make sounds that are on me. <coughs> right. Are we loud enough? We don't look loud enough. <coughs> we'll, be, we'll be fine. Because realistically, we want to be... Do you I can actually pump up the... Oh, no, I can't pump up. Well, no, right. we don't want to pump up pump the bass. Pump up the jam. Because the problem is with these microphones, you're, yeah, you should be talking at about like that. Yeah. You just have to get really close. Remember when you said cheer your headset? Just like that. <laughs> yeah, my shitty, shitty ass right. headset. I don't so, think I have it. I think this is fine. As long as you kind of like just project a little bit, that's kind of a decent sized airwave. Get over here. Plus, I have like actual music software, which for some reason doesn't like recording USB. It wants to record actual you got, proper. You got cat hair on your microphone. Thanks, Ed. Woo! Meow. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, shocker. This is actually about the new cat's phone. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about that bit where someone sheds off their skin. No, and no, 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 no. That is bad. Along with talking about the mice in it. No. <laughs> back to another exciting episode of Popcorn Profile and it's been like what how long do you think since we recorded Dark Crystal it's uh, been a minute no time at all because time does not exist in a podcast schedule no it what? does not if you release it weekly yeah. then it would and apply definitely at maybe a week maybe <laughs> possibly we will see for us we had Christmas and like New Year's and stuff yeah and it was super fun it was super fun Did you guys do anything exciting uh, I don't know, maybe I was hanging out with some of my friends, acting as if I'm a friend. I mean, you hung out with us. Yeah, so. that's, the, that's the joke. I guess we just don't count as friends. <gasps> Who can <I> say? <laughs> no, sorry. Okay, right on the gate, we got memes, let's go. Yep. So, yeah, so, thanks again, I'm Sam, I'm joined again once again by Becca. Hello. And once again by Louise. Hello. And we are continuing our... <laughs> I thought I'd differentiate my voice. Yeah. I think we're already different enough on. I know, yeah. I'm just worried. I'm just worried. You're worried. I am very worried for my podcast <laughs> with yeah. my twin brother. Who, who is identical. In both, well, almost tone of voice. His is slightly higher because, yeah. Oh, so he can do the Audrey voice. Yeah, he can do the Audrey voice. I'll get the can. He's got to do the Your Audrey well. sounds a lot like Marge Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. I can't do women's voices. I can't remember where it was, but specifically we were talking about the Simpsons. And for some reason, I said, I think it was to Ginty, mm. and we were talking about, like, crumping, and there's that one clip where Marge just goes, I'll crump with you, sweetie pie! And then she starts doing that weird dance. I do not know what context. the crump is. The, the only thing that comes to mind when we bring up Simpsons is getting eggs for Bart. Uh, eggs for Bart is a good, is a good Oni's Game Grumps meme. No, it's great. That's a top tier meme. It's a, it's a, it's a classic <laughs> nightmare meme. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's horrific. Mm. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, Simpsons egg memes aside, <laughs> we're continuing our look at Frank Oz's filmography. Frank Oz! As chosen by Becca, so you're, right, Becca, like not, you're the Oz expert. Becca Oz, return to Becca. 
Frank Becker. Have you have you seen Return to Oz? Oh God, now that is a nightmare. Yeah. The wheelers or the wheelies? Yeah. yeah. They kept me up at night, and just the whole of fucking heads. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. I think, we, I think we did podcast. this. I think we did this on Dark Crystal as well. <laughs> it's you know when we talk about like nightmare nightmares from our childhood, you know. Wheelers goes in there. Yeah, Return to Oz. It slides in nicely. It's on no TV if you want to watch it. No, I don't. I have it on DVD. No. <laughs> It's like one of Liv's favourite childhood favourites. Yeah, we said this line. I'm remembering yeah. this Yeah, line. okay, right. Anyway, so, not Return to Oz, not Dark Crystal. We are doing Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop, Little, Little Shop of Horrors. Bob, Shop. Shop. we got to do it badly so they don't copyright it. Little Shop of Horrors. So, yeah. So, was this his first musical, Becca? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a guarantee. Becky Sheenan. Do I need to bring up yes. the IMDb? So, yeah, one of us is going to be I'm 90% sure this is like... So I'll do a very brief synopsis, but I'm yeah, assuming... We're, like, the way these podcasts goes, kind of... There's we just... a shop, it's little, it's filled with horror. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I thought it was about a pet shop with weird, freaky monsters. <laughs> for, you, for, like, when you mentioned it, I was like, what? what is this movie? I didn't know anything about it going in. It's one of the ones I heard about a lot, just, like, the name thrown around. And then when I finally watched it, I was like, oh, it's a plant shop? Yeah, in Skid Row? I think that's my favourite song or Total Eclipse of the Sun uh, pretty good songs Total Eclipse of the Sun Total Eclipse of the Sun slightly problematic moments but you know yeah good good musically good musically that's that was my thing he'd done Dark Crystal and then the Muppets take Manhattan mm. and then the Little Shop of Horror so he'd saw the Muppets and was like hmm Puppets taking over things. Mm. <laughs> and it just sort of sold the seed of that. I saw yeah. this brilliant 1960 black and white film. Yeah. So, like, obviously, the stars, like, Rick Baranis is Seymour Krellborn. Seymour Krellborn. Who kind of, like, he's. A ca- he's a dweeb. He, he's the. To be fair, when he, if you cast Rick, Rick Moranis, when is he not going to be a dweeb? Because even in Ghostbusters, he's a dweeb. And he's in a cult, and then he's, like, a sort of possessed dweeb. Justin, people have a type. Dweebs go, he's one of my favourites. And just, just hit enter. Yeah. I did it. You did it. <laughs> and like as far as Rick Moranis goes, I always think he's quite funny. Like I quite like his sort of because he's usually quite dry. I'd say. I mean it's it's definitely I think uh uh like a style of its time. Do you know what I mean? I think I don't think we necessarily see that kind of performance anymore. Yeah, I feel like the other one that's kind of doing it still is kind of Bill Murray, who was also in this movie. Yeah. Uh, we were watching, like, SNL the other day and then Bill Murray showed up and we're like, did, oh, yeah. He did show up there as well. So he has a tendency of just showing up. Yeah, well, like, have you heard how he gets his, like, sort of casting? Like, <laughs> no, no. He basically, he doesn't have an agent. People right. just leave, like, voicemails on his, like, voice, <laughs> on his answer machine at home and they're just like, Bill, we want you in this movie and if he likes you, he's like, yeah, sure. I yeah. like I like the idea you have to, like, send him, like, carrier pigeons yeah. or you leave a trail of notes, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I, then Bill Murray might appear. I think that's my favourite thing is, like, the sort of myth of Bill Murray rather than Bill Murray the man, even though I do mm, love him. The, the myth, the legend. Yeah. The Bill. The, the, the Caddyshack schmuck to... Wes Anderson's Indie Darling slash Sofia Coppola's Indie Darling mm. kind of thing mm. where he just shows up everywhere he's in, <laughs> he's in this sorry just uh, I, we've had a joke today me and Becca whilst we were at uni of just the idea of people just showing yeah. up to scare us it's happened a lot today not that people showed up but <laughs> yeah, we, nobody we may, has shown we'll up we'll be like talking about people and we'll be like have the moment of like they could just be right behind us and you check and there's no one <laughs> there but 
What, are you just kind of get like that little like string tension, just like... No, we would just like them to be behind us. <laughs> I think we've spent a lot of time together, um, and we want more people to spend time with us, rather than yeah, we spend more time apart. how brilliant we are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, even I couldn't say that. I couldn't listen to that without laughing. <laughs> right, so... This is my first time watching this. Yeah. And, again, I think I said that goodbye... I fucking love this movie. I thought this was great. I thought it was Yay. fantastic. Like, just like, like I love the comedic timing. I love how like sort of dark the film is, mm. kind of thing, where everything seems kind of like well, the, the other sort of tone where everything's super upbeat, you know, musical style, and then yep. like Skid Row is like an absolute dump. Mm. Audrey's boyfriend is terrible. <laughs> is is yeah worse than terrible. Yeah, he's 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 horrific. I yeah, I know that there's like some of the school versions will cut out the abuse so to speak of the actual slashing shocking um i'm trying to remember i think the version that we did had a fake slap in it um uh, you know because then then you've got to then arguably justify why seymour should murder him which doesn't necessarily put him in the moral sort of yeah but but he doesn't technically murder him so that kind of gets the moral ambiguity out of the way you were going to do a summary and we totally skipped over it that's fine that's fine (laughs) okay so this so it's true. This is just like you just go. Yeah, yeah. You just sorry, go. So no, I just if we're yeah. gonna do plot points, we should probably cover the. Okay, so real quick. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. So Seymour basically works in a works in a plant a flower a florist as works a florist. In a plant. Works in a plant. He works <laughs> he, in a plant. He is a puppet plant. No. He's a puppet plant. He works as a florist, and then one day when he's kind of the the, the shop's like going down under. It's like broke. They're basically close to shutting down, and then he finds this super strange plant. Like what looks like a Venus flytrap, and then he brings it back, and then puts it in the window, and it's kind of like the the thing of their big success, which I think that was might be my favorite joke in the whole film, where the guy just comes in and goes, "Wow, look at that totally strange and mysterious plant." Yeah, I'm gonna buy a plant now. I think it's 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 definitely it's really oh, it's really aware <laughs> that it's a musical, and it's really like on the nose, and the the stage show is the same, and I think. Because there is a, a stretch, you know what I mean? There's sort of a leap which you have to do when watching something like this. I think in it with jokes like that that are sort yeah. of self-aware, it really kind of pulls you in. Yeah. I think it makes it more believable that it's more kind of making fun of itself. Yeah, no, that was like that. To me, that was the biggest part where it was just taking the absolute piss. There was a little part of me that when he just went and asked, he was like, that's great. And he just got out to leave. I wish he just left. And there was just that silence. I was like, so anyway, but then he came back. And it's See, just, if you mm-hmm. watch the black and white film there's a guy that just eats flowers what yeah so yeah i think this what? is something that we should mention that my first encounter with this is i actually saw the original movie and then when becca you were doing some research on it recently and then yeah. you refound this movie and it was like oh god it's the actually original. free on wikipedia you could go download the 1960 yeah. version and just like have it it's 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 really different yeah um because like, it's it's black and white it's super tonally different in terms of kind of the colour and the life that you get from the musical now is just not there. Yeah. A- and there's weird stuff with, like, there's there's plot points which are like, don't quite make sense that then actually make a bit more sense in the original. Yeah. But there, it's, I wouldn't say it's enjoyable to watch. <laughs> no. Like, there's a there's the guy eating flowers and he'll just like like, oh, give me this many carnations please and he just munches them. He just them. munches them. Um, <laughs> at the end, like, Seymour goes on a chase, there's a cop who looks like a child in a trench coat with a moustache 
Is it like Bugsy Malone level of like child pretending to be No, no, it's in like, like he's an just, adult, but he yeah. looks like a child. The casting wasn't and amazing. They, like, are chasing Seymour, and then it's, it almost becomes like a slapstick routine of like yeah. they run up and down the same bits of stairs. They're going like over trains, and, and so instead of Seymour doing stuff from his own will, he's like, sort of hypnotized by the plant. So yeah. when he does the murder, there's more of that, oh God, I did it, but also, oh God, I didn't do it. Yeah. So there's a couple things like that, but I think the musical works far better. Yeah, yeah so do I, well, it was quite funny because I saw it at the end, I didn't realise it was like, it was a kind of remake of a movie that mm. then got made into a musical. So it's technically the musical version of the film. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, it's 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 in terms of adaptation, there is a lot to argue. Yeah. Within Little Shop itself, um, and then of course Alan Menken with the amazing music. Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting that when I was doing and studying music before and looking at things like Aladdin, and then when we were then doing the show in high school. There are like just little sort of snippets that you see come back through his music, which are just wonderful. And it just kind of makes you feel like, like yes. Yeah, well, there's. I think I think the strength of of a musical comes from its music. Yeah. Um. Though I feel of course like... the film is really well made as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 a really good piece because not just the core is good, but like the music is good and yeah. the story. I feel like like the musical like obviously like lives and die by its music. Yeah. Um, but like. With me, with musical specifically, the music could be as good as it is. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like it, like that's me. I just can't get invested oh, in musical. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Well, no. Here's a controversial one. I can't. I love everything. I love all the sort of themes and stuff of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay, I'm. I'm just. What did you think I was gonna say? I don't know. If people say controversial, I get scared because yeah. of yeah. recent CGI films, and I don't want to talk about and it. And also, like talking to me and Louise, and we, we love a lot of different musicals. And that's it could true. be any it of could them. Be like, any of them. Between us, we've covered almost like every musical. Like uh, well, Rocky Horror. I like. I like the whole theme of Rocky Horror. I love mm. the whole like idea of like sexual awakening. Yes, I gotta stop. Leave, leave the book, because every time people hear a little slappy noise. Slop, slop. We'll get you we'll get you right. I, I love the whole, like, themes of the film, sort of like, the, the married couple kind of having the sort of sexual yeah, awakening yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I just can't stand the music. I like Damn It, Janet. What? And that's it. What? I like Damn It, Janet. Damn I, it, Janet's I, I like, not even the good one. I like Frank. I like Frank and Furtis theme, Transsexual Transylvanian. That's great. I just... But yeah, good yeah. good jam. Good jam. You don't like the sword of Democles, everyone's favourite? Yeah, no, I hate that. That's not a good one. Have you only seen the film version? Yes. Because okay, we're going to make you watch a stage version. As in, make me watch, you mean you're just going to come to my flat one No, night no, no, just... no, we're going to sit here. We're going to make yeah. Becca watch Black Mirror. <laughs> we're gonna Wait, make... have you not seen Black Mirror? No, no, the, <laughs> listen, make you on. And my life is not embedded in sci-fi. And, and then we're going to get you to watch Cabaret, because holy crap, it was me and Becca's life has been blown away by... Then you can go up by... to the Highlands with us to watch Cabaret. Um, who's, the, who's the performer that we saw? John Partridge, who's also in Cats. Not the CGI abomination, but the old one. I thought we were going to make it through you without mentioning it. We're talking about musicals. Not talking about cats. We're so hurt. But no, we need we need to get you more versed with musicals. Okay, that's fine. I'm up for this. Um, Because then you'll find out that actually Little Shop is like really tame. Little Shop is pretty tame. I feel like I like the one thing I I think I said at the start was like I like how the jolly tone kind of Mm. against the sort of because it's good. Seymour's doing horrible stuff. Audrey's in a horrible relationship. And it's kind of like to sort of counteract that. It's still kind of keeping the goofy fun sort of, hey, musical, we're having a jolly old time here, but there's really bad stuff going on here. Yeah. 
I think I think again in some of those elements of of I I've got to say plot because it's it's you know you could argue that there is no plot in musicals it's about the the story but but it's those elements of you know the things that got lost in translation and adaptation I think then come up mostly when you're like you know when when Audrey's like sure I'll just go over to the shop because it sounds like Seymour and I'll talk to the plant you know there's like a few things despite which... that Audrey too has the deepest voice exactly there's on a, the planet yeah, there's a few things that you're like <coughs> I mean I kind of understand sense. like you know you see a giant plant moving and you're like yeah, I'm going to go look at what's happening. It's like yeah. the sort of spectator thing yeah. that people have, whereas, like, you know, if a building's on fire, you want to go watch building be on fire. Yeah. But you also, you call it ambulance. You call it ambulance. So if the ambulance is already there, then you just kind of stand. <laughs> you just stand and watch. Well, like that kid. There's a, there's a meme, and it's of a kid standing by a fire, and just because of the face it's making, it looks <laughs> like the kid started the fire. Yeah. So, yeah, Scabelle. One other thing I noticed as well when he was doing his big song and dance, there's a bit where he's like kind of it shows like the inside of the dude's mouth yeah as like completely yeah, prosthetic mouth. Mm. that's for like mouth. yeah that's for like one shot yeah. for just one shot of the movie that he just wanted yeah. to do that do a giant puppet mouth yeah with a giant puppet tongue yeah so close was awesome <laughs> yeah and, and, and again it's that thing of though the film is like what 40 years old yeah it's old. Um, it still looks really good. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, we, we brought it up when we talked about um, Dark, Dark Crystal. Crystal. There's a couple moments which look weird. And I think especially Labyrinth got hit more with that. Yeah, of, like of, the, the guys who take the heads Yeah, of film of those ages where the technology wasn't just quite what they needed to, or, or there was a little too ambitious. Yeah. And so it sort of looks off. I, I, I can't really think of any points in the film where you're like, that looks bad. No, it's because it's so like prop and and it looks great. prosthetic and then costume set heavy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but even like even like the set just schedule itself, it just looks very, yeah. it very looks very grimy, very lived in. It looks like people, it's believable. Yeah, and and it's sort of wet and disgusting. Um, and I like the bit when he pours the slop out the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and and that like would take more time to clean up. Like, you know, you you could. You could not do that so easily, but I think in doing it, it adds to a sort of a, a realism of that world. Yeah, and it does. I totally 100% agree with that. Yeah. One of the things I really liked about this film as well was kind of like, this film, like in terms of its flow, it's just non-stop. It just keeps like going constantly. It's like perfectly. Like, a lot of it, Yeah. there's some great, like like the, the thing, I think the, the point where it literally stuck out to me specifically was after um, Audrey does her big somewhere that's green. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Seymour. Yeah. <laughs> she has a big somewhere in the screen, big solo, and then the camera just sort of pans out. And it just goes up to the roof, and it just has like the sort of three, like sort of mm. like sort of like yeah, shepherd. D's. The is that what they're called? Uh, they're not in all of the versions. Oh. But but they're they're the, I mean it's it it goes back to the age old day of theatre where you've got like a Greek a Greek chorus a Greek yeah. choir is the idea that sort of tell the stories for you yeah and so you see this in loads of different versions in lots of different ways it kind of sometimes is a narrator essentially but it, the purpose of these characters is to tell the fill in the story where the characters can't yeah. but also as essentially a scene changer in that if all of your main cast has been in one big number and needs to go off and change costumes or like breathe for five minutes you can bring on the b-roll do you know what i mean and get them to do a little bit before you move on right yeah well that's kind of, that's kind of how i saw it. anyway I think they seemed like they were kind of narrating the plot but i felt like the narration was a bit strong because they're not they kind of show up for like little drips and drabs yeah well it's interesting the way that this this film incorporates that idea is by having um 
because it's the same with the plays they have them actually as characters and so they have yeah. dialogue and they interact with the the characters within the story which doesn't usually happen usually the chorus is separate um you know i'm trying to think of a good example and i can't remember got any examples back <laughs> of of a, a greek chorus which is detached mamma mia yeah there's there's the, like an ensemble cast is another way of doing it sort of the extra people yeah um rocky horror picture show there's the weird people that are all dressed up in like the sort of black bits like black bits black outfits and stuff and they're always sort of like background and they'll do the dances but none of them really speak or do anything hmm. they don't but really they're there the throughout the whole of it but if you take them out the songs are suddenly really really there yeah yeah Mm. You guys got any particularly favorite scenes? Anything that stands out? Anything that you like? If you would, I, I, I have a, I have a soft place in my heart for supper time, um, because I think it's the best music. Not, not necessarily the reprise of Sominex Supper Time, where it's Audrey like, "I'll get the can," but where it's <laughs> yeah. that first one where Mushnik is trying to offer. Yeah. A little little different in the, the play with what he's offering, but it's basically that I know you've killed someone. Yeah. Let's let's do this together. And in the background, you know, he knows just what you've done. Yeah. And you sort of get that on top of the dialogue as the two are sort of talking and you get the, you know, come on, come on. And yeah. just the the way that the music is kind of really enticing. And yeah. then you've got this um really really interesting uh uh like the way that they you know the that greek chorus that come in they're kind of this yeah. sparkly and it's alluring but you don't see their face you sort of just see the hand and it's kind of enticing and the plants sort of singing um i i just love that little bit it's sort of it it feels a bit different to the rest of it um but there's something just so sleek about that little scene that sort of section no no it's great i like, like that okay um I don't necessarily have like a particular scene. Scene, yeah. Like I, I like all of it. Becca I, Shannon. I really like the whole film. Twenty twenty. Louise is upset because I say lots of. Becca likes lots of things, and I hate lots of things. <laughs> um, I really like the little details in it. Like, um, just before they do schedule, they've got like the three ladies that are like the the Greek choruses we're calling them. I'm not to play with it. It's silent. <laughs> um. And like, it it feels as if it was a play, and they were doing it in real time because the one that like shows up in like the fancy outfit and starts singing first is the one that leaves the shot first. Yeah. Mm. And it's like the sort of things that would happen as it was if it was on the play, and that. And I I just most like the songs that those ladies are in and that they sing and That's all fair. the jazzy numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it's well it's interesting because there's a couple songs that are cut, um, and I'm pretty sure closed for renovation is cut. Yeah. Um, which gives me absolute nightmares because that was a, a song I had to choreograph for and so I've heard it far too many times but also there's another uh, number which I really like which is Mushnik and Seymour basically Mushnik offers Seymour to get the inheritance like it accepts him as almost as a son yeah. um, with the plant's influence yeah. um, of look I've made everything good for you um, but it's like a really it's a really interesting song got sort of interesting sort of Jewish undertones so I can see why they then removed it for yeah. it's not that it's anti-semitic but I think there's you think it might play in the stereotypes a little bit I think so and, and that's sort of because I mean his name is Mushnik do you know what I mean yeah. so there's a couple things there which I think the music is really good but they chose to sort of remove and, and it's not it doesn't feel lacking you know yeah. the, the beats of the 
of the film still run true together because it's sort of tied in with the kind of chorusy cast. It's quite nice. Hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. I think for me, oh, I don't know what I pick because I like. Um, I like anything with Audrey too because I think Levi Stubbs just it just nails it. Yeah, it just nails it. I mean, yeah, what an like, incredible like you know every time that the plants then the jazz organ yeah. starts you're yeah. like. Oof. Well, I love the bit where Seymour's kind of like just trying to fight off and then it's just you get the two the smaller Audrey twos popping off and they mm. do the little harmonies it's great. <laughs> um, again, I always said I loved Scrivello's bit. I mean, and then just the ending of the director's cut. I forget how long the destruction. Oh my god! Goes it on. goes on forever. It's like, it's like fifteen and minutes. Like, when it cuts and there's just people jamming yeah. out in the club, like oh yeah, and it's suddenly plants. <laughs> but it's, it's like um, because I was thinking myself like, because Audrey Two is like massive, and it's like a very detailed immaculate <laughs> plant. And I looked it up. I finally like I counted the number. I didn't yeah. get everyone's names, but it's like twenty-two people to operate it. Yeah, yeah or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's madness. And like me and Liam trying to figure it out, it's like how did they do? Some of these scenes in Mate, terms these film people, they smart. They fi- they do film good. I like the film. Mate, man, them film peeps, they're so smart. They do good thing real good. And I just I loved the whole like I just I don't know, there's something nice like not nice, but like there's something <laughs> I I like seeing sort of There's something nice sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's something really good about I... seeing the plants blow up the buildings. <laughs> well it's interesting because then you've got the incorporation of the miniatures, which was sort of not necessarily used so much do you know what I mean and there's little elements of stop motion in a couple places yeah. to sort of enhance the puppet thing like when when the puppet when he's doing the radio interview and Seymour sat there it's just just kind of going yeah. what's his name the, the actor oh my god Rick Moranis yeah Rick Moranis I was like Morty and my friend is like no nope. Morty yeah so that, Morty. in that occasion is Rick Moran's got a fake arm on and he does the puppeting for that scene is my understanding so it's, there's there's a couple moments like that where you know the puppet is just a puppet but there's also little little tidbits where there's an extra bit of you know we'll do a little bit more stop motion just as part of the transformation or you know we'll make it also animatronic so we can do it separately you know there's a couple things which uh, it sort of makes literally lumps of fabric and plastic feel alive yeah know? and i think that's the big sort of like big strength of this movie is yeah. it? like odd and the thing with audio two is that obviously big ridiculous scholarship points but like yep. really works well as a villain as well hey folks future sam here just doing a bit of post-production editing for the podcast and have come to the realization that there is in fact a couple of minutes missing of audio near the end of the podcast which basically ends abruptly in mid-sentence which isn't very good basically what that these pieces were that were missing were essentially mine becca and louise's closing thoughts on little shop of horrors all of us if you gathered from the rest of the podcast gave it a bit of a glowing review all of us would highly recommend it particularly i think this was my favorite one out of all of the ones that we did for frank oz frankly i think this one just particularly caters to my taste i just really really enjoy this movie and also what you missed would be our next pick for our next film and our next film picked by becca would be the remake of the stepford wives which is what we'll be going on to do next and will be the next podcast in this list of episodes so apologies for this um what i'm going to do now is get you back to the podcast and basically where the audio picked up which was becca and louise telling me to burn a copy of a film that i own because it's awful. Cheers. We're all, we're probably uh, yeah. This is when you have to. Do, 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 do we both agree that no one should watch Raw? <laughs>
Yeah, no one, no one really? should watch. I've got a Blu-ray. It's just sat there. D- don't sell it. <laughs> Fucking burn it. <laughs> burn it. <laughs> don't watch it. Don't let someone else. Watch you mean it. burn it, cook it, and eat it? No, <laughs> they don't even eat it in raw. It's cold raw. You oh. cretin. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>